I'm going to do the scripture reading today, and then uh, Elder Jason is going to come up with his awesome shoes and give you guys the message. Well, how are you today? That's my guy. Awesome. Well, last week, we introduced the Advent wreath, uh, which is in front of you here. Uh, and we're going to talk about what each of these candles represents in the weeks ahead. Uh, but all of these candles are representative of the theme of Advent, which is waiting, right? As the light fades around us earlier and earlier in the day, uh, these small flames, these tiny bits of light in the surrounding darkness, you'll notice the room is even darker now. Remind us to hear, uh, to hear Jesus telling us to keep alert, keep awake. And last week, we lit the hope candle, right? To remind us of the hope that we have in a God who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. And I'll light that candle now to remind us of that once again. next candle, I'm going to start with a reading from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 11 uh, in the Common English Bible. If you guys would please stand with me. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak compassionately to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her compulsory service has ended, that her penalty has been paid, that she has received from the Lord double for all her sins. A voice is crying out, clear the Lord's way in the desert. Make a level highway in the wilderness for our God. Every valley will be raised up and every mountain and hill will be flattened. Uneven ground will become level and rough terrain of valley plain. The Lord's glory will appear and all humanity will see it together. The Lord's mouth has commanded it. A voice was saying, call out. And another said, what should I call out? All flesh is grass. All its loyalty is like the flowers of the field. The grass dries up and the flower withers when the Lord's breath blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass dries up, the flower withers, but our God's word will exist forever. Go up on a high mountain, messenger Zion. Raise your voice and shout, messenger Jerusalem. Raise it, don't be afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. Here is the Lord God coming with strength, with a triumphant arm, bringing his reward with him and his payment before him. Like a shepherd, God will tend the flock. He will gather lambs in his arms and lift them onto his lap. He will gently guide the nursing ewes. Let's pray. Father God, stir in us a desire to prepare the way of the return of our King Jesus. Please forgive us in our falling asleep at our post and purify our hearts and minds as we hold vigil in the fading light. Help us to remember that true faith isn't merely an idea, but is instead characterized by actions of obedience to Christ Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, now, if you guys would please welcome our good friend, 
elder in the house and men's pastor, Jason Combs. Yeah, how about this, this, new, uh, this new stand? This is, this is awesome. Like Zach doesn't have to power lift it, you know, apart anymore, carry it different places. It's not mobile, it's here. Uh, so I'm excited to, to be able to speak to you guys in front of the new stand today. Um, so you guys may or may not know me. Um, Elder Jason, I say that, that just sounds so weird. But Elder Jason, I'm also uh, the men's pastor here at Grace Church. And uh, Pastor Zach gives me the opportunity to come up and speak to you guys. I was talking to him this morning. I was like, man, I'd like to do this more often. And that way I wouldn't feel so like I've got to bring it like once every seven months or something like that. There's a lot of pressure whenever I get up here. It's like i got to make a splash. I want everybody to um, enjoy what I have to say. Um, a little bit about me. Um, again, like I said, I'm the men's pastor. So uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, unless I fail for some reason, stop. I get online and uh, the Grace Church Men's Facebook page. Uh, I get on there and I share kind of like what's going on in my life um, and what Christ is doing in my life. And so what that is is a constant outpouring, right? It's just a constant outpouring of, of me seeking community with you guys. That's what it is. Um, so what this message is today is just going to be a continuation of that. Um, I feel more at peace about this than I spoke last time when I did Man in the Mirror. Um, this is more, um, I'm taking the Advent, I'm going to explain a little bit about the importance of Advent. Some of you may not know what Advent is uh, and why we um, put so much importance on that. Um, and so I'm going to break that down and then I'm going to kind of break down some practicalities of what the community of church needs to look like. Uh, what we're trying to create here at Grace Church, uh, which Pastor Devin started with us, uh, what Pastor Zach is continuing on, and just the importance of community. Uh, Pastor Zach, the words that he will say is constant proximity. That's one of the biggest things for what Pastor Zach believes. He believes within constant proximity, um, discipleship can occur, uh, and that's what we want to do. If you guys would just agree with me in prayer that um, the Spirit of God will just be in my words today, that you guys will receive it, and that whenever we end, it won't be just a stop and that that's the message, but it'll just be a quick pause. And then you will continue on throughout the week of, you know, churning, uh, you know, maybe calling back into action some of the things, uh, the questions that I posed this morning, and, um, and we'll just continue on. I don't want it to be a stop. So when we do end today, don't let your brain just period and done and wipe it away, but continue to recall it this week. Um, if you need to do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which is kind of an easy way to make that um, point happen, I challenge you to do that. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. Father, I just look over this congregation this morning. I see all these faces, these friends. It's good to see them back. Spirit of God, I just ask that you would just work right now in this place. I see these faces, Father, and I know the things that's going on in their lives, but I know you know them so more intimately, Father. Holy Spirit, we just create a place for you this morning to work, to work and reveal what you're wanting us to hear and feel this morning. We welcome your spirit in this place. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so the word Advent is the period beginning four Sundays before Christmas and observed by some Christians as a season of prayer and fasting. The first two Sundays in Advent are looking forward to Christ's second coming. The last two Sundays in Advent are the reflection of the first coming 
of Christ. I thought that was um, just kind of a quick synopsis of what the best description of Advent is. So looking forward to the second coming and then reflecting all the way to Christmas Day of the birth of Christ. One catechism describes Advent spirituality beautifully. When the church celebrates the liturgy of Advent each year, she makes present this ancient expectancy of the Messiah. For by sharing in the long preparation for the Savior's first coming, the faithful renew their ardent desire for his second coming. By celebrating the precursor's birth and martyrdom, the church unites herself to his desire. He must increase, but I must decrease. The celebration of Advent is possibly only to those who are troubled in soul, who know themselves to be poor and imperfect, and who look forward to something greater to come. That's a quote by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I think Advent is something that all of us in this building and outside of this building can relate to. We're all expecting something to come, right? 2020 has been the great highlighter of awaiting for something to come with expectancy. 2021, please come. And we're just hoping that everything in 2020 will just go away, right? Which is, which is good in a way and it's bad in a way. I'm one of those that likes to live in the present. I would say I'm, I'm a realist. It's one of those things, 2020, what it does to me is it's a great highlighter of the things that's going on. What it does is it's able to put in perspective the things that matter, right? Does everybody remember eight, nine months ago when everything shut down and we all found ourselves inside of our home looking at our family? The greatest meme of 2020 has been, hey, I found this woman on the couch beside me and it turns out she's my wife and I really like her. I was one of those guys that wasn't the necessary truth in that statement, but it was very truthful, right? Because what we do is we find ourselves, we were getting ready to ramp up for uh, travel basketball all through the summer and all the things we had kind of put into place. My wife's a great organizer, planner, so we had all these things going. But what it made us do is stop. And when we stopped, we had to be in the present. There was no more fulfilling you know, time with things that didn't matter and all this stuff. We had to be present. My message today is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be one of those things I need you to take out the church setting of what you've always experienced it and allow this to be a conversation. This is a great big living room. Can you give me some grace into your thoughts, into your, um, let's call it, the ways that you've decided that you're going to serve Christ and the only way to serve Christ? Can you run my message today through a different filter? Maybe a filter of grace, maybe a filter of actual thought. Can you give me that? There was a movie quote that says, hey, this is the tree of trust. I thought we were in the tree of trust. Let's be in that tree of trust today. Trust my heart, trust my desire. If, if what I say is something that maybe kind of makes you feel uncomfortable, lean into it, don't run away from it. Will you give me that? All right, good. The message today, awake to the present, re-engage. Like I said in the Facebook post on the men's group, that's one thing I do. I want you to re-engage. I'm always encouraging the men that are listening to me that are within the proximity of me to re-engage in the deeper journey to know Christ. 
and how that is. So the message title today, Awake to the Present and Re-Engage. Each one of us have experienced the last eight to nine months through different filters. In my personal opinion, I believe we as the church missed one of the most unique opportunities to reveal the kingdom of God to the world, to the nation, and more importantly, to our community. It wasn't that we failed because we stopped coming to our buildings or that even because we started wearing masks. People didn't come to the church seeking the answers, but instead, what did they do? They left. That is something that churches all over this country right now are dealing with, is trying to get people back into church. Why? Because the people that were already coming one out of six Sundays, all this did was reveal to them how much more they don't need to come. Underlying health conditions are thought to be an important factor in the influence and the severity of COVID-19. A recent study of more than 1.3 million COVID cases in the United States published this past June found that the rates of hospitalizations were six times higher and the rates of death were 12 times higher with COVID patients with underlying conditions compared to the people that didn't have any underlying conditions. The most common were heart disease, diabetes, chronic lung disease. COVID is the strongest and the weakest. Each one of us are dealing with some form of stress, anger, abuse, or fear. There are underlying conditions that are setting us up for failure. At some point, we're going to encounter that one thing that just finally exasperates us. All of us have this baggage that we carry all day long. And more than likely, it's come from past, from a traumatic event, from dad issues, mom issues, the lack of both parenting issues, the lack of the environment of what you were brought up in that was nurturing, right? But what we as a church have done is we've made this great evangelistic thing of come to the church and we, we have what cures you. And everybody comes to the church and what we forget to do is we forget that we have to disciple you in order to go back out or disciple myself. The only way that we can possibly do that is close proximity, which is what Pastor Zach has. He continues to pour that into his leaders here at this church. I need close proximity to you. What that's doing is that, is that is discipling us is what it's doing. There's constant proximity of being around someone that is outpouring into you and you outpouring into them. There you will find Christ. In the message as I continue on, I'm going to break that down a little bit more how we're going to get into that. We as the church have not been as intentional as we should have at making the importance of true health, holistic health. We want to come to a church that has a great coffee bar, hear a good message, put on a great worship set, sing songs, all while most of us sitting right here are dying on the inside. We've got life decisions that we're trying to make that we haven't let anybody know. We've lost our job. We don't know how we're financially going to make it. We're dealing with a sickness that's eating us from the inside, and they can't even figure it out. We're missing loved ones. We're lack of relationship lack of responsibilities. Does any of that ring true to you today? Does that feel like something you're dealing with? This message is not a message to come and listen and me pump you up and you send back out and you continue to do the same mundane things. What this message is about is coming in and thinking about the things that I'm saying. Do they strike a nerve in you? Can you feel it? Can you feel it in your body? Does it resonate in your mind? If it does, that's what I want it to do. 
I want you to act upon that. It's not something you can come to the altar and I can pray over you and that it just disappear. God can do anything and above all things. But he wants you to recognize it and then he wants you to lean into that. There was something that I heard a doctor say about the childbirth. And what he said is, when you feel that pressure, I want you to lean into that pressure. Why? Because that pressure point is the, is the point that you need to push into in order to address. So as we each are dealing with different things this morning that are popping up inside of you, whatever that issue is, fear, sickness, hurt, whatever that is, I want you to push into that. As you push into that, I want you to stay close to us. Why? Because each one of you has a word of a testimony that you're going to share with the other community believers here that's going to empower us. It's going to give us insight. Push into that pressure point. Re-engage. While we should be learning how to seek the face of God to receive freedom from these things, Experiencing Christ through other believers that don't look, that don't believe, and that don't act like you, that's where we will start to see how small we truly are and how big our God is. Jesus didn't come as a man while still being fully God and give his life for a certain type of people. He did it for all people. He is an uncontrolling, unconditional, loving father. If you cannot relate to a Father God like that, push in to that pressure point. Lean in to that pressure point. That is the God that is the God of creation. Uncontrolling and unconditional love. As bad of a dad as that I am, I try not to control the love that my children give me. Instead, what I yearn for is an unconditional love, an uncontrolling love, to where my kids seek me and seek my love and approval no matter what. That's what makes me the most joyful. The church for centuries has been politicized and weaponized for so many wrong reasons. It's time we become the church where we look and feel like Jesus said in Matthew 22. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. That's tough. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's two things I want to point out. Number one, do you love yourself? I just went through a recent um, experience with my oldest and what I was trying to point out to her, and it got, and we have these, we have these family meetings. I don't know if y'all have family meetings, but we have family meetings. Um, Aiden's laughing. He's like, yeah, we have family meetings, all right. And the Spirit of God gave me something for my oldest. She is a very sensitive, very humble person, almost to the point that it just drives me crazy. Um, humble and meekness is something that comes easy to her. Self-worth is the thing that comes hardest. Did y'all understand that? Self-worth is what comes the hardest. And I'm not a dad that continues to beat her down. It's just something that's inside of her. Learning to value herself is something that she has a hard time doing. 
So we continued to pray that over her and speak that into her for a couple months. And then she came to church one night, and I wasn't here on a Wednesday night. Pastor Wayne Drain, who's an awesome man of God that kind of always has a timely word of encouragement for us whenever we're needing it. She came in. Pastor Wayne spoke a prophecy over that it was just spot on. And it reminded me that the Spirit of God is alive and work and is seeking his will on our lives. And he spoke over her and he confirmed her that she needs to value herself. And when she values herself, then she can have an outpouring to others. But what she's trying to do is she's trying to give out to others and she has nothing inside. How many of you are doing that today? How many of you are trying to work and do things, but yet you don't even value yourself? You won't even value yourself enough to get healthy. To realize that the wrong, the offense, the abuse, whatever it was that took place to you is not your fault. Quit carrying it. The Heavenly Father is wanting to take that from you. Now, he's not going to just make it disappear, but he's going to take it, and you're going to lean into the pressure. And from there, he's going to disciple you on how to walk through that. From there, you're going to learn the value of yourself and the value of the kingdom of God and what he's, what he's put you here for. And from there, guess what you're going to get to do? The second, you're going to get to love your neighbor as yourself. And you know what? It's going to be in a proper and in an order way because you value yourself in a proper and a healthy way. Do you see that? Matthew 22 was profound to me whenever I read that. I hope you guys are able to see this. Let's do these three things better in 2021 in the coming years as a human generation. Let's love easy, forgive quicker, and don't leave. Love easy, forgive quicker, and don't leave. How many of us walk into a new setting like this and you see the person, you automatically judge them, condemn them, and you're done with them? Or you size them up, value them, what can I get from you, and you move on and you use them? As an Enneagram 8, that is my biggest struggle. I can meet anybody and I size up everybody when I walk into a room. It's a natural instinct that I have. As an unhealthy 8, I'm able to walk into a room and I can figure out who can benefit me and who has no benefit to me. So a struggle for me is to be able to see the value in every single person. Some come easier, some come harder. But you know what it takes? Constant proximity with the person. Once I do that, I'm able to value you for who you are. And I don't care what your background is. The thing that has happened to me in the last three years is be able to see people for who God sees them as. I'm not saying I'm arrived, by no means, but I'm able to do that now. I'm able to see people as people. I'm able to be a good human. To see people that are either a challenge, as a pressure point, or to see person that needs to fill into me. I need what they have. How can I continue to get that? That's what discipleship is. It's a hard thing to stay consistent within proximity of another person that you find value in. It's even more difficult when you don't value them. That's the one you have to lean in the hardest. When people don't look like you, smell like you, those are the ones that are the hardest. But you know what? They're probably some of the greatest rewards that you ever find yourself within. Jesus didn't come to hang out with the Pharisees, right? He didn't find himself at tables in situations where him and the Pharisees were, you know, sitting around talking about how they looked the same and how they believed the same. Instead, he went to everyone that didn't look like him, right? Those were the greatest rewards. 
Pastor Zach has been talking about the word joy over the last few months. Pastor Wayne, again, another timely uh, confirmation, right? Uh, I believe Pastor Zach probably has a rock in his left pocket. Yep, called it. On that rock is inscribed the word joy. Pastor Zach has been talking about the word joy for months prior to Pastor Wayne coming up and even you know, giving that confirmation word. So what is the word joy? We find ourselves in a season where joy is being used everywhere, right? Um, it's, it's in advertisements. It's on decor that we're putting in our homes. It's even on socks, right? The word joy. What is joy? Joy has kind of lost that meaning, kind of like love in the English language, right? I love tacos and I love my wife. Is it the same? There you go. We even have special days for tacos, right? Taco Tuesday. So joy, what is joy? Pastor Zach was reading a book and he was describing to me, as you have found and you will find in this message, Pastor Zach um, and, he, and, and Pastor Devin even started before that. I have found myself seeking to be around those guys because of the heart and the spirit of God that is on them. So if you're looking for a church, there's not a better church for a pastor that's looking to be within close proximity to you. I mean, what other pastor is putting a QR code on the screen at the end of service to go have coffee with, right? That's how much he's seeking to be in relationship with you. But in doing so, I find myself in these conversations that are just like, just wrecking me. And one of them was talking about joy and the study that he was doing on joy. And talking about the neuroscience that goes into it, um, about what it does to the face of people that find this peace and acceptance. So you know what they determined whenever they walk into, you know, whenever another human walks into the presence of another human that values them and accepts them? They find joy on their face. And I was looking at this, this verse, and in number six it says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So in this verse that we now call the great blessing, um, Carrie Job and her husband, with Cody Carnes, I believe, um, you know, sing this song that is just like, it's very moving, right? Uh, the last song that's moved me like that was probably um, by Mercy Me, right? Um, it then goes, so in this verse where it talks about the great blessing, it says, may his face shine upon you. I used to just read over that verse and it never really made a difference to me, but may his face shine upon you. I've even got this emoji in my notes of the mind blow. It then goes on to talk about the physical manifestation of what joy does. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. The word countenance is defined as a look or expression of the face as an indication of mood, emotion, or character. A look or expression of the face as an indication of mood, emotion, or character. Worship team, can I invite you guys back up, please? Our face, right? 2020, we've been able to cover up most of our face. To some of them, you're, some of you, you're welcome because your face usually projects something that you're really not, right? So it's all in your eyes. <laughs> I'm looking at my wife because she always gets that. I'm like, and my, my middle daughter, all the time we're joking, we're like, hey, fix your face. Your face is projecting something you're really not. Like, fix your face. It's, it's not good. 
So 2020, we've been able to cover that up, and now you're worried about the squinting of your eyes, you know? That's all you have to worry about. So wear sunglasses, and you're good. Nobody knows what you're thinking. The countenance is the thing that, that changes whenever we receive true joy. And that's what I'm talking about. Joy. Unending joy. The shift that we are looking for, the shift of allowing Christ to change us from the inside, will then manifest itself on the outside. It's time to receive the healing of our past hurts, our failures, abuse. It's time to awake and start the hard work of dealing with these things. God isn't going to make them just disappear, but he is going to help you process through these things to gain the healing. I believe there's no greater time to be alive right now. As we study past history and everything else, we're living in a time where there is a change happening. There is a shift happening that hasn't happened in centuries. You can either hate to be alive or you can embrace it and awake and re-engage in the life that we're living. Are you a person that can honestly say that you are quick to forgive and love easily? If you're not, then wrestle with the why. Why are you allowing those things that you determine to be your why? Why are you allowing that to rob your joy? Why are you not pressing into the pressure? Why are you not diving deeper in this journey to know Christ? Why are you not pushing and buying in to the community of Christ? I intentionally watched over you guys as we were worshiping. Let me affirm you You are here, and it makes your Heavenly Father so happy. The first step has already been taken. Your intentionality has been seen this morning. You are here. You've already started. So don't leave here thinking, how am I going to ever get this started? How do I make this thing happen? You've already done it. Let me affirm you. God is pleased. He is not angry. He is not upset. He's not judging you for the things that have already happened. Instead, this morning, he's joyful that you're here. If you're listening online, you took the intentionality to watch with us. God affirms that. He's not disappointed. He's not thinking how much more you could have done. That's not the voice of a God. That's not the voice of your Father. Instead, that's the voice of the enemy that's trying to discourage you. Realize that. God is affirming you. Continue to seek this close proximity.
You guys can be seated now. I'm going to tie this up. The reason this is not just a normal preaching is because I'm getting ready to talk about Top Gun. If you were alive in the 80s, which was a great time to be alive, then you saw Top Gun. There's a dogfighting scene in there where, uh, where um, Tom Cruise, whose call tag is, is Maverick. And you got to remember that Maverick, he comes from a wild place, from untamed, living life where there's no tomorrow because of hurts and disappointments that happened to him in the past. Hmm. Can any of y'all resonate with that? You live like there's no tomorrow because you don't care about tomorrow. What happens when you change and you start living for tomorrow? You have to take a look at the present because the present affects the future. If I was to live for myself, then it wouldn't matter at looking at my son who's eight years old because I'm not living for him. But if I'm awake to the present and I'm engaged in the kingdom of Christ, I know that one day my time here will be done, but his time will continue on. And what do I have to live, leave him? In this dogfighting scene after Maverick has lost his best friend, Goose, he enters back into the Top Gun Academy. He finds himself wild and crazy, but he's still the best of the best. So he gets called into action. So he gets a new partner, or a new co-pilot. I'm sorry, I don't know the verbiage or the language of what they call him. And they find himself in a dogfight with an enemy that's trying to kill him. And he's the wingman of this guy that this guy doesn't trust him. And when the t you know, whenever the dogfight gets going, Maverick checks out. He goes to sleep, if you would, as what the message is saying. And in doing so, Iceman is begging for him. Get back in it, Mav. Get back in it. Re-engage. Re-engage is what he keeps screaming. And Maverick's just sitting there. He's shaking it out. He's shaking it out. He can feel the pressure. He doesn't know what to do with it. He can either just check out and go back home, or he can re-engage. And because it's such a great movie, he re-engages. And when he re-engages, he gets back into the fight, and he takes over, and everybody's saved. I'm calling you to re-engage today. What have you checked out on? If you checked out because of past abuse, fear, I get it. And I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle that, but instead I want you to push into it. I want you to face it, not alone, but with us. We welcome that, we invite that. I don't want you to do it on your own. I'm begging you, re-engage into whatever's been fighting you and tearing at you and destroying you from the inside. That's robbing you of the joy. Lean into it, find a place to give it. There's so many people here, and even if you're not here, find that person to re-engage with. Advent is a special time for us Christians to remind us of the importance of eternity and the expectant second coming of the Christ. Eternity has started. 
don't wait for it. It has started. You're walking in eternity right now. Awake and re-engage in this life. Face the hard past and the uncertainties of the near future with the joy of the Lord. Gain proximity to others and allow their stories to become part of yours. I'm going to wrap up and close in prayer. Pastor Zach, I believe you're going to come up and do communion with us. But I hope this message today has affected you in a way that it will encourage you to re-engage when you stand up, when we do our fist bumps, and we walk out those doors. Don't let it be a period. Pastor Zach's going to put that QR code up there, and he's going to encourage you to reach out to go have coffee with him. He's going to encourage you to re-engage in close proximity with him and with others in this church. Don't let it fall on deaf ears. Don't choose to check out. But instead, start entering in. Start re-engaging in this. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to stand up here this morning to see these faces of your children. We thank you for your spirit that is with us today. I thank you, Lord, that we get to serve you. I'm so excited, Father, for the things to come, for the things that you're going to do for your children that are here today and that are watching. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let your spirit rise up with inside of us to move us like we've never moved before. Give us the clarity, Father, to see you at work. Show us the things that are unseen, Father. Enlighten our words. Enlighten our speech. Open up our hearts to love like never before. Allow us to forgive. Help us, Father, to be grounded in you, that we will never leave, that we will always stay. In the name of Jesus, amen. good, brother. My friend, Jason, thank you for offering us your time and your thoughts and your emotions and everything else that have gone into making that message possible. Thank you for offering that to the community today. And you guys as well, the time and the effort and the practice and the skill, thank you for offering that to us today. I wanna do something this morning that I feel like the Spirit's been pressing on me uh, that I keep trying to walk away from, but the more I try, the more it hurts. So we're gonna do something if you're up to it. Uh, I wanted to ask if there was anyone here that wanted to share anything this morning. It's not an invitation to preach another message, but uh, just something brief, if there was something on your heart, something that maybe God's done in you, a story to share, anyone at all.
um, I felt this last week, but um, that sometimes a break is good, um, like a solid break, because God can set set it right. And um, sometimes there's there's something that just needs to break in your life. You're trying to hold it together and keep it from breaking. You're trying to protect that area and keep it from falling apart, keep it from breaking. And I just feel like the Lord uh, was saying that let it break. And then you're gonna have a breakthrough after that. So God, I do just pray that you would put that on somebody's heart today, Lord, and your Holy Spirit would lead them on what you want to break in their life, what you want to break off of their life and where you want them to see a breakthrough. And I thank you for those breakthroughs. I thank you for the testimony of a breakthrough. Jasmine, thank you so much. Is anyone else? All right. Thank you again for offering that to us today. We're going to go into our communion time now. So, my friends, we are taking communion and we have the body and the blood, yeah? We had uh, one of our songs this morning, uh, Give Me Jesus. Here you go. But it's more than that too, right? Like. I shared a quote in GC Life today from St. Teresa of Avila that said, uh, there is, Christ has no body in this world but yours. No hands but yours, no feet but yours. Take a look at your hands and feet. These are the hands and feet of Jesus. Look at your neighbor's hands and feet. Yeah, those are the hands and feet of Jesus. Anyway, the point is, Part of Give Me Jesus is not just this individual, emotional, thoughtful, whatever kind of thing, right? Yes, that's part of it. Yes, that's important. But Give Me Jesus is Give Me You, right? It's me give me you, you give you me, or you, something like that. I think you know what I mean. It's each other, right? A big part of give me Jesus is give me the community. Because again, Christ has no body in this world, but yours and the one sitting next to you. If you want more of Jesus, I mean, what if you could be convinced of that? That the way that you get more of God is by having more of each other. Mm, that's good. So, we're going to take this wafer. We're going to have this as a reminder of the privilege that we have to experience and participate in the body of Christ and being called the sons and daughters of God. Amen. And Father, we thank you for this blood, the juice, which represents the blood, rather, that makes all of this possible, that by which we have been cleansed and brought into the family. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you.